This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec, the podcast that keeps you updated and educated. Hello and welcome to Tech Guide, episode 551. Thanks for joining me once again. My name is Stephen Fennec and I'm the editor of techguide.com.au. On this week's show, Tesla has cancelled the new Model S EV for Australian customers and we're not happy about it. Emergency SOS via satellite is now active in Australia and New Zealand and Segway 9Bot has launched its new lineup of electric scooters. In the Tech Guide reviews, we're going to take a look at the Google Pixel 7a smartphone. Navman has launched a new dash cam that blends into your car and Belkin's new Boost Charge power bank can keep you powered on the move. And we'll answer all of your tech questions in the Tech Guide help desk. And it's all brought to you by Netgear, the company that keeps you connected, and Norton, the company that keeps you protected. Well, I received an email on Friday from Tesla informing me that the Model S that I had ordered nearly two years ago was now not coming to Australia. They decided that the right-hand drive model of the new Model S Plaid will not be made. And so right-hand drive is not only for Australia, it's the UK, England, a lot of Asian countries. So a, a large chunk of the world is now not going to receive the right-hand drive Model S. And this this comes, as I said, after after it was ordered uh, nearly two years ago by myself, probably longer for a lot of other customers as well. And uh, they, they they didn't really offer any kind of reasoning behind it. And I'm assuming that they don't think they can make money with a right-hand drive Model S. Like the Model S is the more expensive version of their lineup. So you've got the Model 3 and the Model Y, which are selling really well. But the Model S and the Model X are the the superior versions of those two models. So it's like the, you've got your lobster and then you've got your prawns. And so the, the Model S was the lobster of, of the lineup. And yeah, the, the, no, no reason given, no rhyme or reason. They just said, uh, I'll, read you, I'll read you the top of the email. It says, due to recent changes to the vehicle program, Model S will not be available in right-hand drive. Unfortunately, that this means your order is unable to be fulfilled and will be cancelled. You will receive a full refund for any payments made. We understand this may be disappointing news to receive and want to apologise for any inconvenience caused. Well, I'm pissed off, I've got to say. I've been waiting for a long time for this car, planning it, hoping to have it. I've put my current Tesla Model S for sale and uh, I was hoping initially when I ordered the car back in August 2021, I was on the site. It, it had a delivery estimate of uh, December 2022, which was six months ago. When that timeline elapsed, so when they they missed that deadline, 
and there was no indication of when they were going to commence production of the right-hand drive, what they did about a month ago was stop taking orders on the Tesla website for the Model S. Because up until, I think, the middle of April, you could still spec up and order a Model S. You won't see a price, but you'd get a res- you can reserve one and you're in the queue. So with the news of them stopping the new taking new orders, I thought, well, that's that's great because they've got enough now. They've they've sort of closed off the first allocation, let's say, and they're getting ready to spin up the factory in Shanghai, wherever it was going to be, and start pumping out the right-hand drive Model S Plaid versions. And I've I've been in conversations with a few people at Tesla in the last year or so, and. They had no indication, of course, whether the Model S was when it was going to come out. Now we know that it's not going to come out. But the indication they gave me was that what normally happens is Australia is normally two years behind the US. We've seen that with the Model 3. We've seen it with the Model Y. And it takes about 18 months to two years for Australia to have those vehicles. And judging by that, I did know. I do know that the Model S Plaid went on sale in the US on July 2021, and so going by that logic, I assumed that it would be the right-hand drive model would then appear perhaps July or the second half of 2023, and so I, I was planning on that would be my next car. My, my the lease of my current Model S runs out at the end of this month, as a matter of fact, and it's on, it's for sale on car sales. There's a link. There's a link on my story about this about the Model S being cancelled, just just for your own uh, for for you to fight, see it for yourself. But uh, it is it, it is on sale right now, and I, I, a lot a lot of people have contacted me about this and said, look, here's this has made your car more valuable. Because it's now you cannot buy the Model S in Australia. So the model that I have now, or the Model S, you can't buy that. It's money can't buy product at the moment, and so that perhaps could make it. It makes it rarer, and perhaps makes it more more valuable. But uh, time will tell about that. Now, so it really has punched a hole in my plans for for the future. Now, what I was planning on doing, of course, was selling my current car, or even at the very least, trading in my current Model S and then getting into the new Model S. So now my options uh, have changed. And in the same email that they told me that uh, my Model S order will not be fulfilled, they did offer as a consolation a $3,000 discount on a Model 3 or a Model Y, I think if I order it before the end of October, using the same email that I ordered the Model S with. So... There was that incentive as well, but I think that, like I told, like I, I used the analogy earlier, it the Model S is like being offered the lobster, and the Model Three is like the chicken wing. You're getting something. You're not getting the same, the same standard of the same type of vehicle. Now I've thought long and hard about just specking up the Model Three performance and try bringing it as close to a Model S as I could, and going down that path. I've even looked at other EVs. I'm looking at the Polestar. I'm looking, I've already test driven the Mercedes-Benz, the EQE, which is a pretty attractive vehicle as well. So I'm keeping my options open. And one of those options is to hang on to my current Model S. There's nothing wrong with it. It's in great condition, got very low kilometers. And I don't want that to sound like my ad, but it, it, it is. It's in great nick. It's got 
all the MCU upgrades. So it's got the latest computer that the same, the very latest Teslas have in their in their cars as well. The same speed, the same performance uh, in, in of the computer. It's got all the charging upgrades. So when the the super the new models of the supercharger, the new versions, it will be able to charge even faster using those those chargers as well. Uh, and it's in, in immaculate condition. It's got uh, ceramic coating. It's got uh, white seats, free supercharging for the life of the car as well, which is another incentive for me to hang on to the car because that travels with the car. So if it's got free supercharging, the next owner will have free supercharging. I won't. It does. It's, it stays with the car, not with the owner. So uh, if I do hang on to it, that, that's another bonus that I get free supercharging, which was I used a referral five years ago, and that, that got me free supercharging for the life of the car. So uh, that's probably what I'm going to do. I think I'm going to just hang on to it. I'm just going to re-register it, re-insure it, get the green slip happening, uh, and yeah, just work out work out the finance on the back end of this lease so we can uh, keep keep driving. But I'm, I'm gutted. I'm really disappointed that this has happened. I... I uh, it really, I don't know what it says about Tesla's in their their thoughts for Australian customers, but there is a large enough group of people in Australia who uh, were who wanted the new Model S and Model X for that for that matter as well. And when I bought my car five years ago, and there wasn't much to choose from back then, and I chose the Model S, and for good reason, I really liked the car, wanted the car, and I was one of the people that helped Tesla along to. The, to become the company they are today. I had faith in them five years ago to to buy that car and, and one of the best purchases I've made in terms of a vehicle, one of the best cars I've ever driven. And now they turn around and do this to me. They, they've stood me up and it, it's, it's disappointing because we've been waiting for so long. If they'd have told me this two years ago, look, we're not going to make the right-hand Model S, then I, I would have I had, okay, well, let's make other plans. But the plan was there, and two years later, they decide, you know what? Come to think of it, we're not going to do it now. I know you've been waiting for it. I know you've paid a little deposit. I only paid $150 deposit. I don't care. They can keep the deposit. I don't care. I ain't going to get it back, though. But that's the the, the the fact that they've left me hanging for this long and then suddenly cancelled on me, it's, uh, yeah, I'm like I said, I'm pissed off about it. Not happy. But it just, it still stuns me, though, to think that, Tesla don't think they could make money with a Model S. Now, that's got to be the reason why. I don't know whether it was economically worthwhile to do it, but Ferraris make right-hand drives, for God's sake. You could buy a right-hand drive Lamborghini in Australia. So why the hell would Tesla not think that a, that a Model S would sell here? Is it just too hard for them? I don't know. I'm really disappointed that they haven't shown faith in us. They would have sold a ton of Model S's here. So, yeah, I'm still baffled. I'm still scratching my head about this. I'm, you know, the Elon Musk, you've broken my heart. Is what That was the first line of my story on Tech Guide. I think, you know, get off Twitter, stop tweeting up all this rubbish and spend more time on the Tesla business and you might work out a way that you can actually make some money selling Model S's. My money's ready to go. I was ready to buy but now I've got to make other plans, which could possibly mean turning my back on your company, turning my back on Tesla. Yeah, I'm not happy. If you want to read my full report, all of my thoughts about this, you can check all of that out at techguide.com.au. Keeping you updated and educated. Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec.
Well, we heard about emergency SOS via satellite last year when the iPhone 14 was announced in the US back in September. Now, this was a feature that allowed users to contact emergency services or make their location known outside of cellular and Wi-Fi range. Now, if there isn't a feature, if this isn't perfectly suited to Australia, I'll give the game away. There is a lot of Australia. And I should know, my son has been traveling around Australia with his girlfriend for over a year now. And in in some parts of his trip, he does tell us, look, I'm going to be out of range. And it's and it's like, can be up to a week where he hasn't got any phone phone signal. Uh, and in the event of an emergency, I have given him a, a device that does actually can send a GPS signal and, and pinpoint his location. But that's, I think it's a $399 emergency product that he needs to have. But with this product, with this feature now, the emergency SOS via satellite, this would enable, would have enabled him, God forbid, if he's in trouble, to send a message via satellite and that message would then have been received to uh, into a relay center, which is staffed by Apple-trained emergency specialists so who can then contact the public safety answering points or calls, emergency call centers on your behalf. So it's kind of them being there to pass on the message to emergency services and passing on all the information that you share when you send your emergency SOS. Now, to be clear... This feature only works with the iPhone 14. So the iPhone 14, iPhone 14 Plus, iPhone 14 Pro, iPhone 14 Pro Max. And I'm assuming it'll work, of course, with the upcoming iPhone 15, which we'll see in September. But for the moment, it only works on the iPhone 14 range. So how it works is the... If you try to make a triple O call and you're out of cellular range, it'll give you a little symbol at the, in the top right-hand corner, a picture of a satellite, and then offer the emergency SOS by satellite as your alternative. So it's not, you're not going to be left hanging. And so from that point, it then guides you through the steps. to. It even tells you where to point your phone at the nearest satellite for you to then establish a connection and send your message. Now, emergency SOS via satellite is already available in 12 other countries. Australia and New Zealand are the latest to join Austria, Belgium, Canada, France, Germany, Ireland, Italy, Luxembourg, the US, Portugal, UK, and of course, the US. The service is free for two years following the activation of your iPhone 14. So this isn't a, a, a paid feature. It's, it's a part of the, the service is part of the ownership of the phone, let's just say. So here's how it works. I explained already, if you try to dial triple O and you can't, you can press and hold the side and power buttons until, you, sorry, that's just to bring up the emergency SOS call to, to call emergency SOS. If it doesn't, if that doesn't work through the normal cellular channels, the interface appears to help establish the satellite connection. And it tells you that you need to be outside to, to find the satellite naturally. And you are advised where to keep 
pointing your phone. There is a little like a radar screen that changes depending on where the satellites happen to be located. Once you've established a connection, you're then guided through a short questionnaire, which you think, I, I immediately thought, why the hell would you want to fill out a questionnaire if it's an emergency? What the hell am I filling out questionnaires for? But the questionnaire is about what's your situation. So are you is it a, are we in a car vehicle situation, sickness, injury, crime? Are you trapped, lost in a fire? Uh, it asks you then, are you is it for you, someone else, or a group of people? Uh, are you stranded, trapped, lost, or other? Uh, are you in steep terrain, in water, in a cave? And then all this information is then passed through and then you are able to send um, the message and all of that information you've shared is then sent as a message and your location, of course, is established as well. Now, they say it could take a few minutes to establish a connection because you got to remember the satellites are moving pretty quick up in orbit. They're like a 1,000 kilometers above the surface of the Earth. So it could take a little bit. And and once once that is is established, then you're good to go. So, but it could take if you establish a satellite connection quickly, it could take could take seconds. Just depends on on where they the satellites are located and where you're located. Now, question a lot of people are saying was how the hell can can a phone do this? Where why? Because you've heard of satellite phones with these massive antennas and and all this other paraphernalia. What what's on board the iPhone is a custom design component. So it's it's an antenna that can that, that it's like an internal antenna that can connect a radio that can connect without the need for a bulky antenna. So these is this is proprietary proprietary hardware that works with the software to achieve this possibility, which is remarkable. You think about it. Now what else happens is an algorithm comes into play to compress the text message and makes it th the file three times smaller to make that connection, that experience even faster. So as I said, can take minutes, but can be as, as little as 15 seconds for you to establish a connection and get your message away. Uh, and if look, you, you can actually try this. You can do it. There's a demo version you can try. You can connect with a satellite in real time on an iPhone 14, but without contacting emergency services, just to give you some practice. Uh, hopefully you'll never need it. Now, the other side of this too is the ability for you to share your location with loved ones because you, you've heard of the Find My app and that's how this works. You're able to share your location even outside a cellular range. Like my son, for example, could tell us where he is if he had an iPhone 14. Unfortunately, he doesn't. Might have to send him one. But he can he can ping the satellite and just share his location via satellite to us. So he, even though he's out of range, he could say, right, mum and dad, I'm here, we're good, so that's it. And we know then, that gives us peace of mind, we know that he's, uh, he, we know exactly where he is, we know he's safe, and uh, then, so that, that, that's, that's, that's excellent news for everybody. But a real, this is, could literally be a lifesaver, this feature. You're trapped in the middle of nowhere with no connection. You think about the stories you've heard of people running out of petrol in the middle of the desert and and dying of thirst and all these these other dramas they've had. That if they had a feature like this where they can send a message and establish their exact location via satellite, then who knows what may have happened. So great work here. This, I think, is a feature we're going to see uh, mimicked by other companies and other smartphones. Uh, good to see that Apple got in first here in Australia. Emergency SOS via satellite. If you're an iPhone 14 user, 
you have access to this amazing feature, which, like I said, could be a lifesaver, this one. If you're in the middle of nowhere and you can't, uh, you don't have a connection, you can still connect via satellite. If you want to read more about that story, it's all at techguide.com.au. Now, I was up on the Gold Coast last week for the launch of, I was a guest of Segway 9Bot and was staying up at the Sheraton Grand, really nice hotel, for the launch of the Segway 9Bot range of electric scooters. Now, they're one of the leading brands in this space and electric scooters are more popular than ever. A lot of people are buying electric scooters. Segway 9Bot happens to be the leading brand in this micro-mobility technology, and they offer, like you think about these kick scooters as they call them, these are designed, they're more for commuters, for getting around. So if, if you, I, I know there's some remote parts of Australia. I was at the at the launch last week. I happened to meet a couple of uh, people from Harvey Norman. They live up in, in around the Broome area. And they were saying that the these are very popular products because there's no Uber in the town and, and people need to get around. So they're using electric scooters to get around the city. And so you think about way that the ways it's being used. Even here in Sydney, a lot of people use them for their micro commutes, but whether it's between 2Ks, up to 50Ks the commute, it is something that people are looking at rather than being stuck in traffic and, and catching public transport. So this is definitely an option. Now, globally... Segway 9Bot customers have ridden more than 8.7 billion kilometres on the Segway 9Bot scooters. And that means they've also reduced carbon emissions by 419 million kilograms. So if you want to do this for the environment, tick another box there because that's that's exactly exactly what you'd be doing. You're not using a car, not using public transport, you're charging a battery on a scooter and getting on your way. And of course, these uh, these most of these models fold down quite small, so it's easy to say to ride ride the scooter to maybe a train station, and when you get to your destination, you can fold it up, put it under your desk or wherever you happen to be, and uh, and then get on with your work, get on with your day. Now, the new features, the, the, there's several new features across the range. So there's the Max G2, there's the F2 series, and there's the E2 series. Now, what they all have in common is a safe battery system. There is actually a technology on board that and that ensures that the battery it monitors the charge levels. It has it's called the BMS, the Battery Management System. So it makes sure that there's no overcurrent, there's no short circuits, and, and no uh, increase in temperature. So it is a very safe battery. You hear the horror stories of people recharging like, scooters and and hoverboards and various things like that, and their house burns down. This has a system in place that will ensure that will not happen. The other thing, the other feature they all have in common also is Apple's Find My location. Now, in the previous segment, we were talking about emergency SOS via satellite where you can establish your location. Well, that uses the same app. So Find My is the app you use if you have an air tank, for example. If you, if you want to locate, you might have lost your keys or your purse or whatever, then Find My is how you would locate it. So you you built into these all these scooters is the Find My applications or the the that feature. So on the Find My app, you've got to have an iPhone, of course, to use this this feature. But on the Find My, you'll able you'll be able to locate the scooter. 
So if anyone nicks your scooter, you can actually track them down. They won't know that Fine My is on board unless they're listening to this right now. They won't know that Fine My is on board and you, they'll be, you'll be tracked down. They also, all the scooters work with a companion app, of course, and they can do things like monitor charge levels and activate various features on the scooters as well. So really advanced how they've come a, a fair way with the, the technology and I got a chance to ride all of them. Now, I'll, I'll add right here that the scooters weren't the only product that they announced. They also announced a limited edition Go-Kart Pro Lamborghini. That's right, a Lamborghini Go-Kart, which I rode up there and it was a hell of a lot of fun. Very tight fit for me, uh, but I, I still managed to have a hoon around up there, as I did with all the other scooters as well. So I rode the Max G2, I rode the F2 series, I rode all the E2 series as well. And Segway have Segway Ninebot have done a fantastic job here. Let's start with the Max G2. This is sixteen hundred and ninety nine bucks. I think this is the sweet spot. This is going to be the most popular product in the range. Has a range of up to seventy kilometers on a single charge. Has the proprietary. I love the name of this technology. Ridey Long is is the technology, which means uh, it's the it the it increases the battery efficiency. So that's why you got a longer range. Ridey Long is the name of the technology. I kid you not. It's on my story. The uh, This is a rear-wheel drive scooter, much more efficient motor, as well as efficient tyres to help you maximise range. It's got, it can handle a 22-degree incline. That's a pretty steep hill and has a maximum speed of 25 kilometres an hour. I should know because I'll tell you what I did. After I we had a little session behind the hotel at the Sheraton, which is up near SeaWorld up there in sort of main beach area. Uh, after all that all that was done, I said to them, look, I'm going to take a Max G2 and I'm going to ride it to surface. So anyone who knows the Gold Coast very well, most of the way along the water is a very wide path for bikes and pedestrians. And I rode this scooter. I, didn't, I actually went past surface. I went from Main Beach through Surface Paradise all the way down to Broad Beach along the path and back again round trip of about 45 minutes and most of the way where there were no people around, of course, I was 25 kilometers an hour, not a problem. And with the range of up to 70 Ks, it wasn't an issue either. So that's just a an example of how it's a perfect place for, to use an electric scooter to get around. The Max G2 has a double suspension system too. So a really smooth ride, single spring suspension on the front, double on the back. It also has, here's a really cool feature has 10-inch self-sealing tires. And what that means is that if you get a puncture up to four millimeters, what happens inside the tire? There's a substance inside the tire that actually drops down into that puncture and seals it up. So it's like these glue inside it. So it's like a self-healing, self-sealing tire. So when you remove the object, this glue comes into place and seals it up again. How good's that? They should have that on cars. That's amazing. Uh, it has a dual braking system as well, LED front light. There's even turn signals you can indicate on a scooter. And uh, they have the battery management system, as I mentioned. Now, moving along to the F2 series. Now, uh, uh, the Max G2, as I said, $1,699. That's kind of the the jewel in the crown. That's sort of the sweet spot, the, the, the most, I reckon, the flagship scooter. Then they've got the F series, which ranges in price from $949 up to $1,399. 
Now, this is aimed, again, at commuters. It's got wider handlebars. It's even got traction control, has the 10-inch self-sealing tires as well, max speed of 25 kilometers an hour, range up to 55 for the F2+, Plus and 40 for the F2, uh, and maximum speed of 25 across the board. So similar to – doesn't have quite the suspension and the size of the, the Max G2, but has can still get you around pretty easily. Now, the E2, these are the entry-level sort of, I think, designed for younger people who maybe can't afford the more expensive uh, scooters. The E2, they have, they're have they priced at $549. The E2 Plus is $649, range of 25 kilometers and a top speed of 25 kilometers per hour. Now, these have a really light and slim chassis uh, and have the durable hollow tires, dual braking, improved suspension, you name it, it's got it. The go-kart, let's talk about the go-kart, the Pro go-kart Pro Lamborghini, it's 3299 bucks. I think that's down from 3999 There is only 1,000 units worldwide, so getting quick with this one. Top speed of 40 kilometers an hour. There's a picture of me driving it on, on Tech Guide as well as a picture of me riding the Max G2, so uh, tune into that. But this is, uh, I've got to say, was fun to drive the Lamborghini. It has an adjustable seat position as well, so they can actually make the go-kart longer because I'm a bit taller and bigger and I needed a bit more space. Uh, and I just fit in it. They put it, they maxed it out. I could just fit. So uh, if you're really tall, might not be the best idea, but still a lot of fun. Now, here's the thing with all of these releases and everything in place, you'd think, right, this is, it's really well, really good of segue to set all of this up. But what the great news with all of this is that Segway 9Bot is also taking into account after-sales service. They're really focusing on customer support centers so you can receive uh, via chat, on the phone, in person, after-sales service. If you have any issues, they've got access to spare parts. They, they can even do on-the-spot servicing. So you're not going to be left stranded. You are going to – if you do buy a Segway 9Bot product, you are going to be well-served into the future with customer service. You're going to be looked after, and you're not going to be ignored. You are going to be fully – you're going to be really happy with that after-sales service. They really made a focus on that. And they've got pretty ambitious plans. They want to sell up to 50,000 of these before year's end, and judging by the variety of these, I reckon they're going to come pretty close. If you want to check out our story, there's all photos of me riding a scooter and the go-kart and all the other products as well. You'll find them, of course, at techguide.com.au. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly supported by Netgear. They're Australia's number one Wi-Fi brand. If your home demands superior Wi-Fi, treat it with a masterpiece in connectivity. Bring your Wi-Fi up to speed with Orbi Wi-Fi 6E from Netgear. Orbi Wi-Fi 6E is the first and only Wi-Fi 6 quad band whole home mesh system opening an exclusive all-new 6 gigahertz superhighway that's fine-tuned to deliver unprecedented Wi-Fi speeds and smoother streaming simultaneously across the smart homes of today and tomorrow. It's Wi-Fi perfectly engineered. Wi-Fi 6E, the fastest Wi-Fi ever. Find out more at netgear.com.au forward slash best Wi-Fi. And now, a Tech Guide review with Stephen Fennec.
Our reviews this week, uh, another smartphone review, and this time the Pixel 7a. So I, I like the fact that we spoke about the A54 last week from Samsung. The Pixel 7a is kind of in the same market. So listen back to last week's review. I don't really compare them. I, 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 I If you want a comparison, uh, I, I sometimes do those, but I like a product to stand up on its own merits. So you you can judge for yourself on just on the sheer specs and my rating of the of the Pixel 7a compared to the A54. I have had that question a few times. People are tossing up, do I get the Pixel 7a? Do I get the A54 5G from Samsung? Uh, really up to you. Uh, I, I've, you can, I'll let my review stand on its own. Uh, I will share, though, if I had to choose between the two, if you want to contact me, I'll tell you what my preference is. I won't right now because I don't think it's fair on this new product. I want to review it on its own merits. The Pixel 7a. This is the latest device from Google. Now, this was announced alongside the new folding Pixel, the worst kept secret in technology uh, that's not coming to Australia. It's going to be horrendously expensive. So uh, it's going to be like over six, 2,600 Australian dollars, judging by the straight conversion of the 1,800 US that it's going to be worth in this in the US, right? So uh, this was part of that announcement, as was the Pixel tablet as well. They announced that at the same time. But the Pixel 7a, unlike the Fold, is available right now. It went on sale the day it was announced, and it has a 6.1-inch full HD Plus display running at up to 90 hertz and is powered by Google's Tensor 2 G2 chip, so same chip as the Pixel 7 and Pixel 7 Pro. So performance-wise, you're up, you're equal with those. On the camera side, it has a 64-megapixel main camera, 13-megapixel ultra-wide camera, 13 megapixel front camera. It is also running Android 13. Now, if you're new to Android, if you are maybe a, a casual Android user, the Pixel 7a can perhaps be a little overwhelming. There is a lot of features. It is very Android. By that, I mean there is no user interface on top of Android. So if you buy a Samsung phone or another brand that's running Android, they normally have their own UI, their own user interface that uses Android as its foundation. With the Pixel 7a, it is all Android all the time. And you, it is it is a no-holds-barred version of Android, which Android savvy Android users love this because there's no filter of between Android and the user interface because the Android is the user interface, if you know what I mean. So a lot of new features, a lot of different ways of doing things. And it does take, even for me, it took a, a day or two for me to appreciate it and know where everything is and know how it all works. For, and But now I, I like this phone more today than I did when I first received it. At first it was a little bit, oh, okay, yeah, it's like this. And it, it, was, it took some adjustment, but... I'm liking it even more today than than two weeks ago when I started using it. So uh, big tick for that. It do, design wise looks very similar to the Seven and the Seven Pro. Has that same glossy back panel, the same camera bar as well. It's all one color as well. There's a new color called C, which is uh, meant to be, represent the ocean, blue, uh, as well as the traditional favorites like charcoal, which is black, snow, which is a, like a slightly off white color. It has an IP67 rating, so that's dustproof. Can handle a splash of water, but don't don't think you can put this underwater. But it is can handle if you drop something on it or splash it, you you're good to go. 
The 6.1-inch OLED display has a resolution of 1080 by 2400 and 429 PPI, which is pixels per inch. So nice, sharp, bright screen. It also has a scratch-resistant Corning Gorilla Glass 3 cover glass on top as well. And has that 90 hertz refresh rate, which for a phone, this is $749 phone, is pretty good because it really smooths things out for gaming, scrolling, watching videos. The 90 hertz refresh rate does come into play and you do notice the difference. What I liked about it too is it had quite a bit of brightness. Uh, the 7A screen, even in bright sunlight, I could easily read it. Uh, but there are some new features to get your head around, which I'll talk about in a minute. But that's part of that whole getting used to the product because it does offer these features up front rather than you discovering it, it, it. There are features and options like when you're answering a call or a message, there are options. One option I'll tell you right now is call screening. So you've heard the what you know what call screening is where you can find out who it is before you answer the call. So if I decide, say you called me and I can say, right, I'm going to screen this call. I don't know this number. I'm going to screen the call. The person at the other end calling me will hear a voice saying, can you please tell me who you are and what the, what is the nature of your call? And then the, the caller can either type out a message, I think, or just their, their voice, it'll be voice to text and you'll see it as a message on your screen and you can then decide whether you want to answer the call. Now, if that would annoy the hell out of me if I'm ringing someone and want to talk to them, they're screening my call, I'd probably hang up at that point. But if you think about it, if it's a scammer, then that's that's already you've you've put you've the you've dropped the drawbridge on them right there because they're not going to go to the trouble of going using all that information unless they've got some amazing scam that they want to try. But at least that's one other barrier to a barrier of protection there for you. But uh, yeah, as I said, if you don't know the number, it may be annoying to someone. Like if you if you see a call coming through and you know they're in your contacts, you know who they are, then of course you can choose on the spot whether you want to answer that call or not or just send them a text, look, I'll call you back later if you're busy. But call screening is designed for numbers you don't know, which could potentially be scams. So a really an extra protection, layer of protection for you right there. This is, that's just one of the many features. Another feature is voice message transcription. So if you receive voicemail, you can now, the phone will listen to your message and type it out uh, the, and give you the entire message so you can read it rather than spending time listening to it. Easier to do that as well. Now, on the security side, the 7A has an in-screen fingerprint reader, which is pretty fast. I didn't mind it. Pretty, pretty fast and responsive. Also has face unlock as well. Not up to the standard of the iPhone, but it's there as another, as another layer of security. But you know what? What a lot of people are keen on with the seven, the Pixel phones is the is the camera, and the Pixel Seven A camera does maintain that tradition. Does take really good images in good lighting conditions, does really well. Even in low light conditions, it does, does punch above its weight. Now the main camera has a sixty four megapixel resolution, but what I understand is that the sensor is smaller than the one found on the Pixel Seven and the Pixel Seven Pro. So while you got this massive resolution up front. It's, it's funneled down into this smaller sensor. So while it takes really good images, it's not as good as those on the 7 Pro and the 7. So that's why they're the more expensive phones because their cameras are better. Now, the, the Pixel 7a, I was disappointed with the zoom. There's the, they had this new feature called Super Res, and uh, it's a digital zoom feature. And 
zoomed photos look rubbish because it's digital zoom. It's not optical zoom. So you, optical zoom means it's using glass. It's using a lens to get you that far. And some of them have like periscope lenses that allow you to do that. Uh, but yeah, good, not great were the results with, the, with any kind of zoom. There was also another feature I found out called Top Shot. And this is by iPhone users would know this as live. A live photo is when you press on a photo and there's like a second or two of video that's shot before the photo's taken. That's the end. This is the Pixel 7a version is Top Shot. And that was actually turned on by default, I found out. And there is actually an auto, auto Top Shot and you can turn it on or off. Uh, it was set to auto by default. So there were the occasional, I was looking through my camera roll, there's the occasional little video that I shot while taking a photo, which was surprising. Uh, there's also a new feature called long exposure. And as its name suggests, this allows you to stay still in the foreground, but then have some other long exposure object, like whether it's a train passing behind you or a pet running behind, up near you or whatever's happening behind you that you are in focus and then the other object is blurred because of the long exposure. So another another little interesting uh, fun way to take a photo. And, of course, there's still already magic eraser as well. So you can un – any unwanted objects in your image, circle them and it, it erases them off your image. Uh, selfie camera is good too, 13 megapixels, so uh, great results there. It also shoots 4K video at up to 60 frames per second, which is pretty impressive. Uh, and also has some decent stabilization as well, I found out. Now, let's talk about the battery. The Pixel 7a has a 4,385 milliamp-hour battery, which I've got to say is enough to last a day just. Uh, I was a little bit disappointed with the performance of this. When I first got it, I was away, so I wasn't in my car. I wasn't able to sort of put it on a wireless charging mat. Yes, it has wireless charging. So... What normally happens if I'm in if I'm here uh, in, at home or need to drive around, I pop my phone into my my Tesla's got a wireless phone charger, and it charges it while I'm driving, so it does top up the battery. And I noticed when I was home and driving, it gave me then the battery level was great, but when I was away up on the Gold Coast for the Segway Nine Bot launch, and I had the Seven A. Uh, I wasn't in my car, so I wasn't charging it. It'd be full at seven in the morning by just after lunch, it's down to like 45, 40% already. And I'm not used to seeing that. I'm used to using phones that have two-day battery life. And I'm, I'm talking the, the next morning, I need to worry about charging it or the next lunchtime the next day. With this, it was, if I put it this way, I, I'd had, if by the time I was back to my room and getting re doing some work, getting ready to go out for dinner, I'd, I'd have to charge the phone again in case because if I'm out for dinner for three hours, I could lose charge. If, I, if I'm down to, say, 35% by 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock at night, then it's going to run down. It probably wouldn't, but just for peace of mind, I, I chucked it back on the on the charger. I just connected with the cable. Uh, the good thing, though, it does charge fast. If you've got the right charger, it'll charge you back up to 100% in, in about an hour, hour and a half. So they do have, though, an extreme battery saver feature, which limits the uh, apps that are still running in the background. But if I had my choice, forget extreme battery saver. Give me a bigger, give me better battery life. Give me a two-day battery life is what I'd ask for anyway. But uh, look, I think that the 7A is, I think, a phone that still punches above its weight. I do like the fact that it is, it's compact, 6.1-inch screen, really nice design. In fact, I think this outspecs the 7. If you're thinking of buying the 7, I don't know if you, if you can still buy the 7, but 
why pay all that extra money where this 7A is just as good as the 7? You can still buy the 7 Pro, which is a much better camera, much bigger screen, a lot of other features, 120 hertz refresh rate. So a big difference. But this is a well, well and truly, I think, a contender for one of the best mid-tier smartphones, as is the Samsung Galaxy A54, which I spoke about earlier and reviewed last week on the show. But uh, the 7A is a big tick, punches above its weight, all of those all of those analogies. It has a lot of intelligent features. Savvy Android users will love it. So uh, if you're an Android fan, uh, a real big Android fan, then the 7A could be your next device. If you want to read our complete review, you can check it out at techguide.com.au. All righty, let's talk dash cams. And Navman are the one of the premier companies that make dash cams, and they've just released the MyView Alter. That's A L T A, and this is a dash cam with a difference. I know when you think of dash cams, you think of this square thing with a screen on the back, camera on the front, and so you can see what the camera's seeing, and it's pretty bulky. It sits on your windscreen, can be distracting. The cable hanging down. It is not the ideal scenario. So what Navman has done is taken all that into account and created a device, the Altar, that actually blends into your car. And by that, I mean it has a vertical design. So there's no screen. So if you want to pair your phone to the device wirelessly, you can see a live view, your recorded video. A lot of dash cams now do this. They don't have they don't have their own screen. But in the case of the Altar, it does actually, it is a long, narrow shape that can actually sit behind your rear view mirror and actually blend into the whole decor of your car. Still has your eyes, your eyes and ears on the road, still offers 1080p really good video quality and, and optimized to, to create really to create really clear and sharp videos day and night because, of course, it's a dash cam. You need to be able to read important detail like car number plates, road signs, people's faces, all of that's there. But it does it in a way that integrates more into the vehicle's decor. So I think it looks, it looks quite good. And, and same deal, if there's any sudden braking or an impact, it does trigger the altar to save the footage to the included 32 gig endurance micro SD card. So if you don't know, a dash cam is always recording. If nothing happens, it's just going to record over the top of it constantly. It's always recording. In the event of an accident or that heavy braking that I mentioned, it then partitions that it takes that video that it was recording at that instant puts it into a separate folder so then you can look back on it and see what happened. If in case of an accident, you've got your side of the story with that footage, which you can then pass on to the police, to your insurance company, and that is your side of the story. It also comes complete with GPS location, direction of travel, speed that you were going, all the information is there. The fact is now, though, that this little compact unit can still do all that, but be hidden away rather than being in this ugly square box on on your on your dashboard on your windscreen. And the MP4 footage, as I said, can pair. There's an app that you can use. The MyView Pro app lets you view and download the footage and share it after an incident as well. Uh, also comes with safety alerts too. So these are updated monthly via Wi-Fi. So you'll get reminders when you're approaching a red light camera, a safety camera, entering a school zone, railway crossing, black spots. You do get that heads up as well. 
And this product, by the way, was developed entirely in Australia by Australian product managers built in state-of-the-art facilities in Australia as well, can handle all the local conditions as well. So including the wildly varying temperatures in Australia, it's designed for that. There are three models in the range. The Alta, which is a single front view camera, is $329. The Alta DC, which adds a rear camera, is $499. And the Alta Workmate, which we've spoken about in the past, $549. And this is designed for Australian utes and small trucks. So it does work for, you know, you think about it, the tradies are on the road a fair bit. It does allow them to have the same kind of, of monitoring of, their, of the road as they're driving as well. The Navman Alta, the MyView Alta range, also includes a smart box. So it does have uh, does have uh, works in car parks. So if you do want to have this smart this smart recordings when the car is parked, you need to add this optional smart box for seventy nine bucks. And what it does, it keeps the the camera powered but also triggers the camera via the built-in G-Shock and motion sensors to automatically record five seconds prior to impact and 15 seconds after impact. So again, recording all the time, if it detects that motion and the G-Shock, it then puts that file five seconds before, 15 seconds after into a folder. So perfect for capturing accidents in car parks, so common for cars to be damaged in car parks. If the driver doesn't leave their details, you've got their details with the video. So wouldn't that be a little surprise call from them that they got caught on camera backing into your car? The range is available now from navman.com.au as well as leading retailers. But if you want to take a closer look at it, do yourself a favor and check it out at techguide.com.au. Belkin has come out with their new Boost Charge product. Now, this is a little battery. This is the Boost Charge Magnetic Wireless Power Bank 5K. It's 5K because that's the capacity of the battery, which is enough to charge your phone two or three times. So it's got 5,000 milliamp hour capacity, 7.5 watts of charging. Now, this is a MagSafe product. It's magnetic. So if you've got an iPhone 12 and above, that's MagSafe compatible, this battery can fit, can stick on the back of your phone without blocking your camera. So it sort of takes the lower two-thirds of the back panel of the phone, attaches magnetically so it's not going anywhere, still use your camera and be powered on the go. But there's one more thing. There's a tiny little stand. There's a little kickstand that comes out, a little fold-out metal stand built into the back of the power bank. So while it's attached to your phone, you can fold out that stand and you can then view your phone comfortably in portrait or landscape mode. So if you're viewing something, you're doing a video call, taking a photo of yourself, you can do that now with the help of the Belkin Boost Charge Magnetic Wireless Power Stand. Uh, it's 5K power bank and the metal kickstand helps you do it. So it's available in black or white uh, and can give you, as I said, that, that handy charge if you're on the move and you're not near a, near a power point or you can't stop near a power point, you can charge on the go. It also has the, the comes with the overcharge protection and a connected equipment warranty up to 2,500 bucks. So it's going to safely recharge your phone. As I said, available in black or white, and it's priced at $69.95. And if you want to check it out for yourself, it's at techguide.com. 
Tech.com.au. You're listening to Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly supported by Norton. They're the company that can keep you and your family safe online. What dark web protection are you using? With the increase in recent data breaches and cyber criminal activity, so too is the risk of having your personal information stolen and traded on the dark web, which can lead to identity theft. Identity theft can result in a lot of lost time, money and effort for you. It's time to have a plan. Norton Identity Advisor is your partner in cyber safety. It comes with dedicated restoration support in case of identity theft, along with dark web monitoring and social media monitoring. With Norton Identity Advisor, you have access to their dedicated restoration specialists to help you address your identity fraud claim and recommend a plan to help resolve it and help you get your identity restored. Norton also monitors the dark web for your personal information and notifies you if discovered. Social media monitoring also means you are alerted for any potential account takeovers and suspicious spam. Peace of mind with your identity starts here. Norton Identity Advisor is available at Officeworks, Harvey Norman, JB Hi-Fi and online at au.norton.com. All your tech questions answered. This is the Tech Guide Help Desk. The Tech Guide Help Desk brought to you by our good friends at Belkin. We were just talking about the Belkin Boost Charge. That's a battery that fits on the back of your iPhone with a kickstand. But Belkin also supplies many other MagSafe products, charging stands, cables, you name it. They've got it, belkin.com forward slash au. Now, a few, a couple of weeks ago, it might have been last week, I spoke about Apple and Google working together to create a specification to stop unwanted tracking with AirTags. You may remember that story that we uh, that is on Tech Guide as well. And basically what this follows on from is where Apple a year ago, they, they sent out an update for the AirTag so that anyone who is in the presence of an AirTag that doesn't belong to them will get a notification. Now, the reason behind this is so that a person may be alerted to the fact that they may be tracked without their knowledge so it's if stalkers might slip an air tag into your backpack and you're getting these notifications that there is an air tag following you that's not that doesn't belong to you that's a rings alarm bells for that person thinking right okay i'm going to have to find this thing and and i'm going to have to get to the bottom of this and then what what you can do is actually report to the police and give them the serial number of that air tag and it'll reveal who purchased that air tag so that person uh, is, uh, is is sprung right there. Now, this story, while it's it's a great technology, great that this that that is in place. One of my readers brought up a really good point about this and how this could potentially detract from users uh, using the air tags to put uh, to keep track of stolen items. So I'll read out what Carl G wrote on my on the comment on my Facebook on our Tech Guide Facebook page. I get the concern, but this feature nullifies the attraction of these items for me. 
I've yet to use one to find my keys, but rather use them as a relatively cheap tracker for a variety of items that are prone to getting stolen. Bikes, a dinghy, outboard, trailers, luggage, etc. They've paid themselves, they've paid for themselves several times over in just one recovery. But now anyone taking off with a piece of my property is going to get an alert to go looking for the tracker. Which is a remarkable point, and I actually, I actually sought comment from Apple about this. And while they said, "Look, the feature's there to protect people," and the idea behind an air tag is to put on your keys and to, to it's not designed. This Apple, if you look in the fine print, it's not designed to to track stolen items. It's designed to keep track of your current items, but. By the same token, if someone stole my keys or my purse or my wallet or my bike, I want to find them. And with this feature, it is giving the thief an alert that there's an air tag in there. And so what's the thief going to do? The thief's going to find the air tag and throw it away. It, it, it really then defeats the purpose. As Carl pointed out in his comment, it really does defeat the purpose of this if you want to, tr to track uh, goods that have been stolen. So it is this feature, which is designed to protect people from not being uh, tracked uh, without their knowledge. It's going to give a thief a heads up that there's an air tag. Oh, by the way, this 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 expensive bag of camera equipment you sold that you you stole, there is an air tag in there. So what are they going to do? They're going to stop and look for it, throw the air tag away, and get and move continue on their way. Now there is no solution there's no mode or there's no way you can change this and again apple's approach is well this is designed for you to help keep track of your belongings uh and for you to to track your luggage and things that you know that are not stolen so if you are tracking it as for using it to track something that could be stolen then unfortunately the thief is going to get an alert thanks to this update that there is an air tag in near them and they could potentially find it and get rid of it and get away with it. That is the end of our show. Thank you so much for listening this far. If you need to find out about anything we've spoken about on the show, of course, you can find it at techguide.com.au. And please, if you want to get in touch with us, don't hesitate. Get it. You can get in touch via info at techguide.com.au or click the Ask Stephen icon on the right-hand side. That too will get an email to me as well. We want to give a special thanks to our sponsors, Netgear, the brand you can trust for all your Wi-Fi needs, and Norton, the company that can keep you and your family safe online. Please support the great sponsors who support the Tech Guide podcast and tell them that you're doing that. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back with another show next week. So until then, stay safe and stay connected. Thank <music> you.